What is exciting to me is how many people are wanting to be of use in this moment and are rolling up their sleeves to figure out how they can best contribute. Hi, Vicki Robin here, host of What Could Possibly Go Right, a project of the Post Carbon Institute in which we interview cultural scouts, people who see far and serve the common good, uh, asking them all our one uh, question in these crazy and unusual times. In all that seems to be going wrong, what could possibly go right? Our guest today is Catherine Wilkinson. She is an author, a strategist, a teacher, and one of 13 women who will save the world, according to Time magazine. Her books on climate include best-selling thought anthology, All We Can Save, The Drawdown Review, the New York Times bestseller, Drawdown, and Between God and Green. She co-founded and leads the All We Can Save project uh, with Dr. Ayana Elizabeth Johnson in support of women leading on climate, and she co-hosts the podcast, A Matter of Degrees. Telling Stories for the Climate Curious with Dr. Leah Stokes. Previously, Dr. Wilkinson was the principal writer and editor-in-chief at Project Drawdown. She speaks widely, including a TED Talk on climate and gender equality with more than 1.9 million views. A former Rhodes Scholar, Dr. Wilkinson holds a doctorate in geography and environment from Oxford. And now, Catherine. Welcome, Catherine, to What Could Possibly Go Right. As you know, this series is uh, threading the needle between facing reality and a dedication, as your book title says so well, all we can save, all we can save still. Uh, and we don't always talk about the who does the saving, not the what or how of saving what we can. Who decides who has power? For you, that seems to land on women. And I remember back in the day, uh, and I'm saying that a lot now, sort of like this crazy old lady. <laughs> um, three women, myself, Dana Meadows and Hazel Henderson, were often the only women with a platform among a sea of men. For Dana in her famous places to intervene in systems, the highest level of intervention was love. And Hazel was the first to talk about the love economy, the unpaid essential work of culture making. Yeah, but we've also had Margaret Thatcher and now we have Marie Le Pen. So it's not as simple as gender. So I wanna offer you a chance and you can overlook it to talk about what women bring to things going right. So over to you, Catherine, mm -hmm. what could possibly go right? Thank you so much, Vicki. I really feel um, very honored to be in conversation with you. Um, and it's been really nourishing actually to hold this question about what could possibly go right for the last couple of weeks. And I did think that maybe it made sense to start with the stanza from an Adrian Rich poem called Natural Resources that um, gave rise to the title of the anthology, All We Can Save. And it's the closing stanza of this poem and Rich writes, my heart is moved by all I cannot save. So much has been destroyed. I have to cast my lot with those who age after age perversely with no extraordinary power, reconstitute the world. 
Mm. And we were having such a hard time naming this collection of writings that hold hard truths and keep a forward gaze on what a more just and life-giving future might look like um, and the work that needs doing to get us there. And so much of climate communication either flips out into pessimism, doom, it's all going to hell in a handbasket, or into sort of Pollyanna starry-eyed optimism that also feels disconnected from, from reality. And so this idea of all we can save acknowledges how much has been lost, how much more will be lost because what is already baked into the system and says, you know, we're going to show up for, for this work and this hard and magnificent moment that we are, are living in. Um, and they are, uh, all of the pieces in the book, 41 essays, 17 poems, and also original art. Um, they are all written by women. Um, and I think it is a, well, we hope that it is a representative mosaic of the we that is rising in this moment. And, and as you pointed out, um, there is nothing magical about gender. <laughs> um, and certainly women are just as capable of embodying the patriarchy as um, those who identify as, as men. Um, and yet I think we are seeing a different kind of leadership that women are bringing in droves on climate. Um, and, and what is exciting to me about possibility and what could go right is how many people are wanting to be of use in this moment and are rolling up their sleeves to figure out how they can best, best contribute. Um, and I can only imagine how much bigger the team seems now to you looking back some, some decades. And I think that being of use can certainly, can certainly look like action in the world marches, campaigns, execution of this strategy or that strategy, creation of this thing or that thing. Um, but I think it is also reflective of something internal that's happening um, that, you know, life force seems to me to be the most remarkable and persistent dynamic on this planet. The way that, you know, and Janine Benyus has written about this so beautifully, the way that sort of life propels forward to more life despite all of the odds. And I think at our very best, we as human beings are active and generative participants and collaborators with, with life force. Um, we are helpers, <laughs> you know, we are in, in these relationships of of reciprocity um, and and almost play, right, with with the planet's living systems, and more and more, I think the action that we're seeing in the world seems to be growing from. Well, I won't say the world. More and more, the action I think we're seeing on the climate crisis uh, that feels more more manageable is growing from tending that root 
um, that life force connection um, that that we all have that is clearly our inheritance and in um, I think in a most ideal world is our legacy also. And so, you know, I spent about five years working on climate solutions and understanding what tools are in the toolbox around solutions. And, and so much of the dialogue about solutions is about scale and speed. And, you know, um, I'm finding myself increasingly interested in solutions at depth and, and your point about, um, Dana's insight about love as the most powerful leverage point, um, and I know you've had Sherry Mitchell on the show, so I won't, I won't cover too, too much of Sherry content, but she's been a really helpful teacher for me um, in all of this and understanding the polarities and dynamism of masculine and feminine, which of course we all have within us, whatever our gender identity and this crystallization that the masculine is about action in the world and the feminine is about heart-centered wisdom. And when we step back and think about like, really, how did we get into the mess that we're in a whole bunch of action in the world and the absence of heart-centered wisdom feels like a pretty good distillation. Um, and so as I think about what could go right as we continue to be in the onslaught of the quest for power and profit and prestige that maybe these things could actually be replaced with care and courage and connection and community and creativity, things that I think are emblematic of that life force, right? Um, and the ways that humans um, kind of live into into that. Um, and that maybe we start to build a more life-giving present in our work to build a more just and life-giving future. So that, um, that's, what's been rumbling around for me as I've sat yeah. with your gorgeous question. <laughs> I love it. And I have so many little branches off the central trunk of your tree, just Brilliant. to say with natural metaphors. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, one thing I just comment on, this isn't a question, is that the, the separation of the masculine doing and the women, the heart-centered, I just think, I think a challenge is, and I think a lot of people in your book are like this, is the challenge is to bring your heart into the public sphere, yeah. to come from the heart, to speak from the heart, to speak about the heart, to talk about the importance of the heart, you know, to yeah. use the sort of masculine sort of explosive continent, uh, consonants, you know, it's sort of like there's the P's and the, you know, <laughs> to use all those explosive consonants consonants and yeah. to bring in the lyricism of the vowels you know it's um and I know it's 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 difficult as a woman to presence your heart and not cry and so we have to learn yeah. to cry in public 
and to let that be part of our communication. I just, I think that separation of the being and doing yeah. is like, we need to do what we be and be what we do. And somehow or another that transcends gender. Anyway, that was just one thought I had. Yeah. And um, yeah, I know that you said, um, you know, it's not quite, exactly a question of scaling and yet I know my sort of explosive co consonant self yeah. is all about scaling it's yes. all about like you know and, and when I did my food work I was like no we're not going to scale up you can't scale up local food because it's local but you scale sideways somehow or another there's yeah. this feeling that we really need to increase our influence at this critical moment and I know I, I always live with my hair on fire I have I've done for like 40 years so that's just how I am but it's um it's like how do we how how do we come into the public square where there's so much resistance and denial and you know sort of like the infrastructure of the old order yeah, that that just won't budge. How, how does this this sort of urgency to save mm -hmm. what we can um, intersect with this impossibility and denial and opposition, and it's only getting greater? I mean, how do those yeah. forces work together in your view? Yeah, this is such a great reflection and constellation of. Um, of, of thoughts and questions. And the way that you put that, Vicki, of sort of making our hearts public um, is I haven't quite thought about it that way. I think a lot about the integration of head and, and heart. Um, and certainly, you know, the years from my student activist days to to now the, the last couple of decades of working in climate in one way or another, and all the times that it was suggested to me that really I should just check my heart at the door, um, you know, tuck away those feelings. Um, actually, when I was working on the talk that I gave at TED Women in, in 2018, just a couple weeks before one of the curators was like, you've got to take the emotion out of this. <laughs> you've got to get, you, you can maybe do, hit some feelings at the end, but like these need to be out of the talk. And I just was like, no, <laughs> a, because there's not enough time to rewrite the thing B because that's not authentic for me and C because that's what we have been doing on climate for so long of facting at people and showing another chart and another graph and more data. And you know, and I understand the need for rigor, you know, and I am the recovering academic in me is like, yes, <laughs> dot the I's, cross the T's. Um, and when we stop there, like we just stay in this prefrontal cortex mishmash that like doesn't get us moving. <laughs> um and, and I think when we do show up with our hearts, um, as I tried to do in that talk, I think as all of the contributors in all we can save have done, it is an invitation 
to other people to show up because how in the world can you have your eyes focused, your antenna up about planetary emergency and not be feeling anything, right? It's like what you would never follow someone like that. You would never trust someone like that because there's no sense of, of integration. Um, and so I think actually it has been a real undermining of the movement. I think it's been part of why the climate movement struggled for so long to, to gather steam. Um, and I think, you know, I think that it is the way to find cracks in that power, profit, prestige, um, you know, kind of, (laughs) uh, I'm imagining castles and walls and skyscrapers and all of that, you know, all of that infrastructure of the patriarchy and capitalism. Um, Like how, you know, how, how do you get in there? I don't think you get in there with the same kinds of logic, the same kinds of approaches, the same sort of mechanical things. Like actually I feel like what we're trying to do is less an infiltration and more an invitation, like an opening Mm -hmm. of a door to something else and welcoming people in, which is something that like, I just think the climate space has been so woefully bad at, like it has felt like a place where you're going to get shamed and you're not going to know enough. And if you don't have a PhD and, but like we're humans alive on the planet in this moment. So this is for everyone. Um, and how, how do we create that sense of warmth? Um, and like nothing about it is, is fuzzy or easy. Um, but we're going to try to find joy, um, in the work as we can and to nurture the relational web that is between us, because that's the only guarantee, right? Um, that, and that's, I think the, also the way, um, the way we stay and stay in the work. So, um, what I'm holding in my head is a lot of thoughts about like moss (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. you know, the kind of, um, that, yeah, that sort of creep creeping sideways. Um, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you've been, (laughs) you've, you've been pulled in, um, and, and actually it feels like a nicer place to be, um, than, than the system that you have been a part of. Mm. You had to bring up moss (laughs) because it makes me think of slime mold. (laughs) Because the thing I love about slime mold is that in some conditions, it's solid and some conditions, Mm. it's fluid, that it moves by, by sort of the right conditions, it multiplies and it moves. And, Mm. and in the conditions of, you know, dryness or, you know, threat, um, it, will stay still you know there's 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 processes in nature and this is part of your work um that really inform us like uh i love the term serotony which you probably Mm -hmm. know um which is basically it's it's the process in nature that's activated by fire it's like when you know when a forest burns 
the lodgepole pine opens its um, cone and spreads its seed. And it will only do that in fire. And then the fire weed, <laughs> fire weed is activated. And so in a way, that's another natural metaphor mm-hmm. of these times that, as you say, people are being activated in a way that, you know, they were not, it didn't seem necessary. You know, they could just stay put like a slime mold, but now we're, mm-hmm. we're on the move. I, I want to share yeah. one thing because I, I love that we're, we've wandered over here. Um, one of my early guests was a woman named Victoria Santos who, um, and I pitched the question, what could possibly go right? And she just sat there. She's an African-American woman who does uh, diversity training. And she just sat there and talked about the pain. Like, why can we not change? Why are people of color suffering? You know, and she just kept, kept going. And I'm sitting there kind of antsy, like, wait a second, get around to the question. <laughs> I want you to answer my question. And then I realized what could possibly go right is that feelings enter the public square, that Mm. if you can't feel the world, you can't heal the world. And I think we're trying to do that because we have marginalized the feminine. Yeah. And we, you know, with the wealth gap, we're really able to ignore the suffering of because we're not suffering. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it brought me to this sense that really what's missing is what you're saying is empathy. Mm-hmm. What's missing, you know, from the formula of energy and environment and ecology, et cetera, is empathy. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it really is still relegated to being such a weak sister. Yeah. And, and, and so sort of and a, yeah. a nice, a nice to have, but not maybe critical. Yeah. Not, yeah do not, it, do it, no, do it at home <laughs> do it with your girlfriend. <laughs> Please do it with your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really a little empathy will go a long way. I guaranteed. Um, yeah. So, so any other thoughts, I mean, from all the authors in your book and from your own experience of being a woman of influence in a world of men, mm. how do we bring this quality of empathy into the Mm. public square. Yeah. And I think it's part of why I've really chosen to focus on communication of various stripes and kind of culture making of various stripes as at least a good chunk of, of what I do, um, professionally and, and what I do on, on climate, because I think that whether it's poetry, whether it is film, whether any number of mediums, I think can take us to a place that we might otherwise feel antsy about (laughs) or resistant to, Mm -hmm. um, right. And that we kind of settle in around story. Like that's a, there's something, I don't know whether it, reminds us of childhood in some cases, whether it feels like some kind of ancient practice in some cases. Um, But I think it helps us see differently. 
it helps us feel into different experiences, different scenarios. And there are two really wonderful pieces in the book by one by Fabiana Rodriguez, who is an artist and activist, which is a letter to the climate movement about the need for cultural strategy um, and the way in which, you know, when we're, when we are not proactively using the tools of culture, we are <laughs> like, we are leaving something really critical to the side. Um, and we are, we're potentially setting ourselves up for failure, right? Because, because we are not tapping into this incredibly powerful, transformative, many mediums um, that are, that are culture related. And then there's another essay by Kendra Pierre Lewis, who uh, at the time that we started reaching out to folks about, would you want to write for this? She was at the New York times. And our question was like, well, what, what, would you like to write about that you haven't been able to write about at the times? And she has this brilliant essay called Wakanda doesn't have suburbs. And she looks at black Panther as one of the only pieces of popular film or TV that paint a picture of what could possibly go right (laughs) of humans living in reciprocity and, and she talks about sort of the opening scene, you know, where you're kind of coming into Wakanda and you might overlook the fact that there are no suburbs. Wakanda has farms and forests around it. And then it has this kind of thriving urban, urban center. Um, and, and both Favi and Kendra call for the, the need for radical imagination in this moment um, and for and for feeling into each other's stories, um, but that we are inundated with images of what could be catastrophic. We've got lots of stories about apocalypse um, and we have very few visions of what a life-giving future might might be. Um, And I just think that there is so much need for more work in that space. Um, and also I think it's a really powerful way to help people begin to see themselves in climate work or climate contributions of, of various stripes. Um, there's a Marge Piercy poem in all we can save. That's one of my long time favorites, but it was sort of like mind boggling to be able to be like, could we include to be of use in this. Wow. Yes. We just reach out to the publisher and we we will ask them about this. Um, but this idea that like, we want to be of use, you know, we are crying out to be of use, but a lot of times we don't know how to be of use. And when you start to see stories of people being of use and finding their way, to collaborate with life force um, in so many different sectors, spaces, geographies, with so many different superpowers. Um, I think that it creates the kind of, um, it creates that kind of invitation and it creates, um, Like you begin to imagine yourself, I think, in the roles um, that you could play. And then soon enough, maybe you find yourself stepping into them. 
That's my hope. <laughs> That's beautiful. I, I have, I mean, it's, it's almost brings me to tears. I mean, one, one thing is, and I think I can't tell you which essay it is, but, you know, it's one of the essays that just basically talks about how black communities know a lot of the things that we need to learn because of the very pressure yeah. of having to move in a, in a, in a society that resists their being. And yeah. it made me think um, of culture, you know, like if you're working at a cultural level, culture is what we create together when we know that our survival depends on one another. Mm. And there is this sort of dissolution or marginalization of culture that um, can happen in a consumerist society. Yeah. Um, and so it just feels like story, culture, empathy, feelings, somehow or another, that thread is what I am pulling out of this conversation. So mm. I really appreciate what you're bringing to this whole field. It's really important. So if you have one final thing that you'd like to say, we, you can do that or we can wind it up here. Mm. Well, maybe, maybe should we end? I could read that Marge Piercy poem to sure if you want as to a, yeah as a final word that right I love that one by the way feels fun I, I first uh encountered it um on a retreat with Parker Palmer um with quote-unquote young leaders and activists uh this was a, a little while ago <laughs> um so yeah this is from a collection of hers called circles on the water and it's called to be of use the people I love the best jump into the work headfirst without dallying in the shallows and swim off with shore strokes almost out of sight. They seem to become natives of that element, the black sleek heads of seals bouncing like half submerged balls. I love people who harness themselves an ox to a heavy cart, who pull like water buffalo with massive patience who strain in the mud and the muck to move things forward, who do what has to be done again and again. I wanna be with people who submerge in the task, who go into the fields to harvest and work in a row and pass the bags along, who are not parlor generals and field deserters, but move in a common rhythm when the food must come in or the fire be put out. The work of the world is common as mud, Botched, it smears the hands, crumbles to dust, but the thing worth doing well done has a shape that satisfies, clean and evident. Greek amphoras for wine or oil, Hopi vases that held corn are put in museums, but you know they were made to be used. The pitcher cries for water to carry and a person for work that is real. Hmm. Thank you, Catherine. Thank, Thank you, you for so having much. me, Vicki. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review so that this hopeful message can get out to more people. 
Check out Post Carbon Institute's Resilience website for show notes and for more guest information. Thanks also to Asher Miller, Amy Burringrood, and Clara Winter of Post Carbon Institute, plus production assistant Michelle Wig from frugalityandfreedom.com.